This is episode number 8 of The Inspiring Talk with holistic healer and author Chitra Jha. Welcome guys to The Inspiring Talk. My name is Vijay Gautam. I'm host for this show. Each week I interview today's most successful and inspiring personalities to help you realize your inner potential. Guys, I'm super pumped for my guest for the day, Chitra Jha. She is a holistic healing coach, author of five books and motivational speaker, just to name a few. She has been grounded in allopathic, homeopathic and Ayurveda principles. She has also mastered the art of Reiki, past life regression, inner child work and lot more. Her articles and books has been featured in almost all national newspapers. Her book, Achieve Your Highest Potential and The Art and Science of Meditation has received tremendous accolade from her readers and critics. In this episode, we talk in greater detail about meditation, who is this for, why should lot people be meditating, biggest myth about meditation, and Chitra Jha shares a very simple meditation technique for beginners. Guys, make sure you share this episode with your friends by visiting theinspiringtalk.com forward slash 08 and make sure to subscribe and leave review to The Inspiring Talk podcast if you are listening from Apple Podcast or Google Play Music. Reviews and ratings motivates me in continuing producing this podcast and are highly appreciated. Guys, I just found a way to learn from books while I'm riding to my office or cooking on the kitchen. Audible makes it easier to get my weekly dose of learning on the move. With over 180,000 titles to choose from, and the best part is you can listen to these audiobooks on your favorite device such as Android, iPhone, Kindle, or MP3 player. Last week, I got a free audiobook of The Autobiography of Benjamin Franklin, which I enjoy listening on my way to office. To download your free audiobook today, go to theinspiringtalk.com for slash audible that is a-u-d-i-b-l-e again that is theinspiringtalk.com forward slash audible for your free audiobook now guys without further ado let me welcome the one and only Chitra Jha Welcome back, guys. I'm super excited for Chitra Jha joining in. Welcome to the Inspiring Talk. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. What are you working on these days? Well, I, I'm always working on something. But um, for me, the umbrella term for that is uh, my self-empowerment. So that's exactly what I'm working on even now. Mm-hmm. So you have not stopped working on your self-empowerment uh, and self-growth yes. uh, once you have started this journey. For me, that's the only work, self-empowerment. Rest just happens. When you improve yourself, everything falls into its place. I love that. Uh, let's get back to the beginning of your career when you started off on uh, your professional life as a nursing cadet. What were all the titles or works that you have done thereafter? Oh, well, I was uh, 17 year old when I joined um, military nursing service as a nursing cadet. But uh, that's not where my life began. My life began you know, in a small town in Punjab, uh, you know, a Gandhian family. 
and um, I was studying uh, economics and uh, you know it's just a stroke of uh, I would say luck uh, that uh, my father saw this ad and uh, he asked me would you like to you know join this and it was uh, you know, the lure of uh, going to bigger cities and uh, you know seeing a different life the challenge of it that is what took me there and I took the exam and cleared it and uh, it opened a new world for me. I went from a small town in Punjab to uh, Calcutta. Uh, it, it, was, it was a different world and uh, I was so excited and, uh, and I think it was a beautiful thing for a young girl to happen. Mm-hmm. And, and I took uh, to the profession as a fish to water, I, I so enjoyed learning about human anatomy, physiology, various processes, and the role of tender, loving care that a nurse is supposed to give. And um, it all felt so beautiful that uh, I even topped the course. I was a gold medalist of my batch. and. Um, it, it was a great, uh, fun learning time of my life. I learned how to speak in English. I learned how to um, sing English songs or English movies. Or I mean, it was like a completely uh, different world that, uh, yeah, that that was uh, I was not privy to earlier. So, um, time of a steep growth, I would say, in various areas of my life. Mm-hmm. That's when after few years of my training and I had been I'd already I was a lieutenant in the army when I met uh, my would-be husband I mean, at that time I didn't know that so I met him in a train in fact and he's from Calcutta so he was coming home and uh, from Punjab uh, which was his uh, posting place and uh, I was coming back on duty and we traveled this long journey together and just kind of clicked I would say. So when the time came for us to get married and the first thing I wanted to do was leave my job because uh, for two people in the army and to manage and and I was very romantic at heart and I was not a career person and I didn't even care it was a government job and paying as much as his job was paying. I, I just wanted a home and the joys of being a woman. So so that's uh, what I did in uh, 1984. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's just that uh, my father-in-law, who was also an army officer, and after his retirement, he had studied homeopathy and he was big into homeopathy. And uh, as I got introduced to it, and uh, I, I loved the principles of like yours, like, and how it is a gentle therapy. And I just wanted that when my children come, they should grow on homeopathy. So I studied homeopathy, and I qualified as a homeopath. And, uh, you know, I was so much in love with homeopathy that, uh, and I inherited a lot of books from my father-in-law that I would, you know, have those books on my bedside table and would read them like you read, people read fiction. I, I, it was, it fascinated me, the whole, the whole process, the history, the, the, 
the very fact that uh, they talk about the vital force and not that I was looking at it in spiritual terms at that time, mm-hmm. that those connections I made later, but um, it was very empowering uh, to be able to take care of uh, my family, these sweet pills. And uh, so, so that's how life was uh, going on for me. But I had this uh, streak of, you know, trying to learn new things. And uh, so in the process, I uh, did a program with the Delhi government. It was about family life education, which had uh, counseling tools, uh, marital counseling, adolescent counseling. And even that side of work kind of fascinated me. Mm -hmm. So... That's how life was going on. I was primarily a housewife, taking care of uh, my two sons and my family and, and enjoying, uh, you know, just the power that I had of uh, taking care of their health. Uh, but in uh, year 2000, uh, my boys were in a boarding school and the younger one had jaundice. And I had gone to pick him up and I had not carried my medicine box with me. And um, my brother-in-law who was driving us, you know, my son was uh, complaining that I haven't slept for many days, many nights. And like, I'm so tired and my head is aching. And I was kind of feeling very inadequate because I didn't have medicine. So I just like put your head in my lap and we'll go home and I'll give you medicine. And suddenly my brother-in-law said, you know, I'm sending him Reiki. So I said, what nonsense, like you are driving, I mean, what are you sending? But within seconds, this boy fell off to sleep. And uh, so so I kind of asked him, I mean, like, what is it that you did? That And he laughed. But for me, it was that uh, this is something, you know, which is so empowering that you don't need your medicine box with you. And uh, even when you're driving, you can, you know, channel this energy so I have to learn it mm-hmm. and so I came back to Delhi and I did this two-day program I, I used to be very skeptical of all this and because we studied for, for years to become a medical professional and here just in two days you become a healer mm-hmm. I used to be like great skeptic of all this but um, in those two days when for the first time I felt energy in my hands and it was something that nobody could deny because earlier people would say, oh, homeopathy works only if you have faith in it. And there was nothing that I could, you know, like phys- physically that we prove, you know, it's just that it worked in my family. But uh, here, uh, you know, the, there was this uh, distinct sensation like electricity passing through my hands. And, and that was something that I, I didn't have to prove to anybody. I mean, it was like, so 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 clear that signal of energy and mm-hmm. and that was year 2000 and I haven't looked back since then that was the first time I would say in a way I got introduced to uh, medication mm-hmm. but uh, just yeah. that uh, I guess the earth the earth was right the 21st century had dawned and maybe I was at the right place at the right time yeah so then that was the time when you introduced to the whole new world you know the new uh, completely new possibilities were open for you and then uh, and ever since then you have never stopped learning on uh, this uh, new path or new door that has opened for you uh, and then 
was that the same time that you learned about meditation uh in the reiki practice itself you know it's a meditative practice because you the 21 day cleansing process we had in which you kind of you know put your hands on each part of your body and thank each body part it took almost you know one and a half hour to do that so it was a very meditative practice and you connected with the body uh but uh, later i learned uh, more uh, to say the traditional methods of uh, meditation anapanasati and vipassana so but uh, now you know after even having written a book on the art and science of meditation, meditation. Yeah. um now my understanding is just that uh, meditation is uh, mostly about uh, awareness and right now this <laughs> crow is going next to my window <laughs> and is taking over my awareness to it so <laughs> so you are in shimla right i am in shimla yes, yes. it's a beautiful place and <laughs> there is this crow yeah. right outside my window and uh, so if i have to talk about meditation just listening to that sound you know just paying full attention to that sound can be a meditative experience mm. right now it's like a distraction because i want my awareness somewhere else mm-hmm. but uh, then what happens in life this is exactly what happens you know there is something which is like kind of distracting us from where we want our awareness to be but uh, right mm-hmm. but uh, yeah. you know yeah when we are focusing on that thing that could be the meditative it, yeah it it can be yeah. and uh, yeah. more accepting we are of you know whatever is happening around us and not letting that distract us is the fruit of meditation yeah so initially when you started you know meditating uh it took you a while to understand you know it's a process that you being conscious on what you are doing and and uh once you you know reach to a level that you will realize that you know meditation is not something that you know we close our eyes and sit on a uh, place and then uh it doesn't have to be that way but you know uh in the beginning you you must have you know practiced the traditional way that uh, we do meditation and how was the first day of meditation like uh, you know for you was it uncomfortable or how did you feel the first time that you you know did that uh, practice you know for me uh like how i felt when i joined the medical profession fish to water and same was meditation for me the very first day when i sat with my spine erect and my eyes closed and paying attention to my breath mm-hmm. the very very first day i was gifted with this you know vision of uh, colors and and it was so beautiful you know like some kind of play going on in my in front of my eyes internal eyes and uh, i i guess uh, that's how you know this uh, the processes hook you they give you the beginners luck you know the very first day if you have an experience experience that you like, know. you know yeah it's like there is no going back you know it is kind of you are hooked for life kind of a thing so if it was uh, uncomfortable or i felt i can't meditate maybe i would have given up you know but this was like very first day i had this vision of these colors and it was like so so exotic <laughs> it, was, it was amazing by itself yeah that's the good feeling you know yeah. when 
you know normally what happens is when we are trying something new or you know when we are trying to do uh, something out of our uh, normal routine or comfort zone it it starts feeling like you know this is not something that our uh, brain start denying that thing but uh, you know when you your body and when your uh, mind and when everything except that uh, at the first day there is nothing uh, better than that and uh, did you like you know after that went forward and said like i want to learn more uh, different types of meditation and things like that or uh, how did that happen uh, did you you know keep practicing the same or you wanted to learn more different types varied types of meditation although the basic of uh, any kind of meditation is the same uh, so how how did that happen in my case i didn't go around looking for more kind of meditation it's just that uh, in between my husband was posted in ladakh so i went and you know learned the buddhist loving kindness meditation but uh, that wasn't the intention that i have to learn more kind it's just that here is a you know buddhist place let me just go and meditate with them so for me it wasn't about uh, picking up various types of meditation it was just deepening my practice and just kind of being with people who meditate and, and reading a lot about you know the various books that i was like whether it was deepak chopra or whatever it was eckhart tolle and you know it was just that the right books kept coming and i kept kind of staying with my practice but my breakthrough happened in 2007 when i did a course in past life therapy and met dr newton and uh, and these people are like big into meditation and uh, and understanding various nuances of meditation and so that kind of made a breakthrough for me in fact i i even uh, see my past lives in my meditation so it's like a, you know when you go deeper into any subject and uh, the subject also is as though it's ready for you so i i guess i've been uh, fortunate in that sense that um, mm-hmm. i have never had to doubt it hmm so you uh, kept going on and on into it and learned more about it and uh, going real deep into and understanding the very yes practice it more i mean there have been times i have practiced for hours mm-hmm. uh, so it's just that uh, and uh, again i would say that uh, i've been very fortunate that uh, my life circumstances have allowed me that kind of freedom of time i always tell people i'm that vela variety you know i have all the time so <laughs> for these practices you know you you need you need time and i have the luxury of time so hmm. so i would say just that you know all the pieces of the jigsaw puzzle kind of came together in my life very well i didn't have to make an extra effort so to say mm-hmm. i was enjoying it i was doing it it was taking me deeper and and it just happened kind of a thing um so who do you think is meditation for and who this is not for uh today you know i uh, when i started meditating it wasn't uh, such a big fad as it is today today like everybody wants to meditate and uh, where i would say uh, you know patients uh, i'm i'm using the word patient though Uh, maybe that's not the right word it's just that people who are you know have depressive tendencies and they are as it is going into their shell and if i ask them to now meditate 
and they just suddenly all that they are kind of depressing in themselves they are suppressing in themselves comes you know forth uh so they they get overwhelmed with meditation and uh, so that that's not just the kind of people who who need to meditate um i would say people like uh, me who are more rajasic in their pravarti who are more active who are more you know they we need to slow down in meditation and kind of find ourselves and go deeper because we are outward people we are action people but people who are as it is you know Mm-hmm. They they are not they are not so active, you know. They have more of tamas in them, and so I feel initially they have to get active, you know. They have to. So for me, both, you know, see the meditation itself. If we go by the traditional way of the Ashtang Yoga, the meditation is not the first step. There there are so many steps, you know. Before that, you know, it's yam niyam. You have to follow rules. You have to have a right conduct and then you do you know yogic exercises and then you do pranayama and then you come into meditation and then samadhi so it is you know if you first only just sat sit in meditation that's not the way i though i did that as well but i would like i said perhaps i was ready for somehow for some reasons so maybe some people who begin like that and are ready for it but i i would still as a teacher of meditation today i would say like you know try it out uh, but maybe there is uh, something more you have to perhaps you know understand your own uh, thoughts yourself move your body a little be little action person and then kind of balance it with uh, meditation practice and that's what i would say today but you know many people are turned off by the term meditation mostly you know the younger generation what do you think could be the possible reason i don't know if the younger generation is turned off my husband was turned off i mean what is nonsense you know this meditation and yeah. he was like he won't but my son is my son my daughter in law the younger generation they are like my they are meditators mm-hmm. so and i meet a lot of young people who meditate so it's not about the younger generation it's a certain kind of people you know it's like um, uh, a it seems like uh, running away from a work you know it's like uh, if you don't understand it is like you know why are you just sitting you know yeah that quietly when there's work to do um so it's a certain kind of people who get put off by uh, and also there is a holier than thou attached to meditation you yeah. know that also puts people off you know it's like just because you are meditating i mean how are you better than i am so i i guess it's uh, more to do with uh, uh, your own uh, you know being challenged by some practices and you know maybe that's also partly because you know the way we have pictured meditation is like you know things maharishis and yogis do for long hours and when someone hears meditation he's afraid that you know he don't have that uh, one or two or three hours to sit and uh, practice the meditation so maybe i mean uh, that kind of uh, you know mindset that uh, we have built upon or maybe that the way that we have pictured this is uh, that could be also you know one reason i have seen when anything becomes a fad it is like you know mm-hmm. kyo i do this because i'm meditating or so those who are meditating they also try to show that i am like really you know i have arrived 
I've kind of become something greater than others. So that also is a harming uh, the very practice of meditation. The meditators themselves are harming it in one way. Secondly, like you said, there are these myths that, okay, if you uh, meditate, then, you know, you have to sit for. So there are these simple formulas that, uh, I mean, I, I don't know if there is a scientific study for that, but uh, that is what I learned uh, with Dr. Newton, was that uh, one year of your life, say if you are, say, 10 year old, then you sit for 10 minutes, and somebody like me who is 58 year old, so I, I sit for 58 minutes. So because uh, those who are, I guess, older, they need that much time for their mind to, you know, settle down. Mm -hmm. There's too many things going on in the mind. So if you just kind of, uh, you know, begin small, just start, you know, like tasting it. For me, that's very important. Experimenting with your life, tasting it for yourself. And if you like the taste, stay with it. If you don't like, there are other ways to, you know, empower yourself. Yeah. What do you think is the biggest uh, misunderstanding about meditation? The biggest misunderstanding, I would say, is that your thoughts have to stop. Many people say, oh, I can't meditate because, you know, my thoughts come. So I said, do you become aware of your thoughts? Oh, yes, so many thoughts come. So I said, that is meditation, that you become aware that you have so many thoughts. That is the first step. That I have become aware now. Otherwise, if I'm running around doing things, I'm not aware. That I have thoughts. But they think, no, no, but you know, I have to become thoughtless. And I say like, that is the stage of samadhi. Hmm. You know, you immediately, you just want the fruit first. First, you have to hmm. sow the seed and you have to water it and you have to let it grow. And samadhi may or may not happen i mean like for i don't know for how long that will or will not happen but that does not so that is i think the biggest misconception yeah so i mean we are doing meditation to clear our thoughts and you know the biggest misunderstanding is you say people have is like you know they have to have that uh, clear mind and then sit on meditation so after like how many years of practice did the idea of putting your learnings in form of the book, The Art and Science of Meditation, happen? Well, to be very uh, you know, truthful, I never thought of writing a book on meditation. <laughs> I never thought of writing any book for that matter. Uh -huh. uh, everything in my life has like kind of happened to me. So, you know, I... I was uh, writing a lot at some point. I, I felt like writing and um, sending it to newspapers, magazines, and everywhere the articles started getting published. I was writing blogs. It, it was kind of an inner urge to write. So I was writing a lot. And uh, then somebody from Penguin uh, sent me a mail saying that, you know, we've been reading your articles in Hindustan Times and uh, would you do a book for us because we are starting a new vertical on mind-body things. So I said, I don't know how to write a book. I've never written one. I don't even know how to write a book proposal. So they kind of guided me, you know, okay, you have to first see, okay, who are the target readers and how your book will look and, you know, so I made that and uh, since it was a commissioned book and I already had about 200 published articles by then. And my first book, Achieve Your Highest Potential, it came like from those articles. 
and I wrote it in just forty days. I kind of reformatted and you know, kind of yeah, you know, compilation kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, com- compilation, but in a different manner. I kind of you know, like whirl it all together and create a, a sequential book uh, which deals with the body, emotions, mind, and spirit. Mm-hmm. So, so I already had this published book. And uh, Dr. Newton, with his Life University, wanted to, you know, write books uh, on spiritual matters, and uh, he commissioned me to write this book, mm-hmm. uh, the, you know, Art and Science of Meditation. So it wasn't my idea to write a book on meditation; it was his. He conceived mm-hmm. the idea. I, I kind of exercised it and. Uh, you know wrote that but you know this thought really came to me that uh, how am i supposed to write a book on meditation i'm not a rishi yogi or you know like uh, but then the teacher has asked me to so so i you know i had read secret before that and uh, i was like how ronda brand used she said she used the secret to you know write her book and to sell her book and so i said okay so i have to write a book on meditation let me use the tool of meditation itself to write to write this book so i would read uh, a lot on meditation you know, online and then i would sit in meditation and those days i was meditating for 4 hours 6 hours you know like continuously meditating and kind of churning that material inside me and so it was a a process where i would meditate and i would write and i would meditate and i would write and it took me about 6 months But I think that changed my life, and I always believe, you know, that any book that has passed through me or anything which has passed through me is more for me than for anybody else. If it benefits anybody else, that's a bonus. If it has come through me, it is actually for me. So those six months of that intense meditation, I think uh, it, it did a world of good to me. Made so much of my, you know, thoughts clear. and for me clarity is the most important thing in life more than you know happiness joy peace all that people look for in meditation for me the one thing is clarity yeah i was coming there uh, like why you know do you think it is necessary to stop inner chatter that that is going on on our head 24/7 and why it is necessary to do some serious uh, interrogation within ourselves so uh, today i don't even advocate stopping that chatter uh, today my work is about understanding that chatter and i give this example all the time that say i have eaten something and you know something has got stuck between my teeth and my tongue will keep going there so my tongue is i cannot say now the tongue should not go there the tongue is only telling me that something is stuck here please take some action to remove it So similarly when i sit in meditation or i do any introspective practices and some thoughts come for me that mental chatter which comes is just kind of leading me into that this area of your life you know looks looking into it requires some deeper work there you know that is where so for me it is like earlier when i began meditation and the traditional way of meditation is that let the thoughts come let the thoughts go you just don't pay attention to them mm-hmm. right you just kind of let them come let them go let them come let them go and you are just observing so today i i call that passive meditation for me the active meditation is what i i do now is okay where is my mind leading me to 
what kind of thoughts are coming what needs mood looking into so i would rather go there and take action there so today my understanding is that like in a traditional system the understanding is i am not the body i am not the mind i am the spirit but today my understanding is that i i am also the body i am also the mind i am also the spirit and i so trust the design the human design that nothing is out of place nothing is you know which should not be there if it is there it has a purpose and i have to now look into that purpose so why these thoughts are coming what is their purpose where do they want me to pay attention to that is what it is how my work has become different from the traditional work Uh, but again, you know, uh, there are so many thoughts coming at one particular time. So don't you think like, you know, it's uh, uh, so hard or maybe it's a tedious job to address all of those thoughts coming in our head? Absolutely. So thoughts have a pattern. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like uh, I would say that you close your eyes, but keep a pen and paper next to you. and moment the thoughts come just write down the pattern you know just the theme of the thoughts again close your eyes again sit let some thoughts come write down the pattern and if you start doing that you will realize that initial thoughts are always about you know they are like surface thoughts surface things that you have to do there are your everyday activities or some chores that you have to do those are the thir- surface thoughts which will come first and if you have taken them out then the thoughts then you go deeper and some deeper thoughts will come you know some kind of concepts will come some kind of so like that you keep going deeper and finally the insights come the wisdom comes so but that can only happen i mean you right now when i'm saying this it's like theoretical mm-hmm. but when you do it and you realize that oh my god there is so much wisdom inside me you know when i have gone deeper into my thoughts so thoughts are not our enemies thoughts are just kind of telling me that right now i am so much on the surface that i i just you know need to handle so many things so i am on the surface but there is wisdom underneath but besides that even the surface thoughts you know it's not like that they are just there they are also telling me that i am kind of too stuck in too many things maybe i am too controlling maybe i am minding others business too much maybe so it's like it leads you into insights into your own nature your own psyche which is a huge wealth yeah i think understanding yourself and yes. uh, where so the thought yes it's a huge wealth and unless i understand that i cannot really you know settle down into the calm waters so there is a i would say a mismatch between you know the traditional ways because traditionally who sat in meditation not the householder the ascetic or the person the monks or people who have kind of renounced the world they sat in meditation traditionally the yogis for them that was like you know the way of life today or maybe for some uh, you know decades now we say the householder should also sit in meditation the householder should also calm their mind and that's perfectly fine but the thing is the householder also has many many things on his mind 
unlike the yogi or the monk or so those thoughts will be there so we cannot kind of say okay there should not be any thoughts on the day one itself so the understanding what kind of thoughts i think and kind of uh, you know looking at those thoughts as i i i call them is it my business or is it somebody else's business or is it god's business so if i put my thoughts on the table and i say okay if it is my business then i have to go deeper into this subject if it is somebody else's business i just have to leave this business that the person handle it and if it's god's business and i have to just completely trust that god is taking care of it so by looking at our thoughts in this manner as it is i've cut down so many thoughts yeah i think rather than just you know letting uh, the thoughts come and go uh, noting making a note of them and uh, categorizing them or labeling them is uh, yeah yeah, uh, yeah for me that that really that's active yeah. meditation that's kind of understanding who i am you know in a i call it 21st century practices because uh, you know it's all about uh, the not that i have invented these words but know thyself has been uh, the most important uh, job even of the seers you know yeah so that is why there were uh, spiritual discussions and upanishads were born out of those discussions mm-hmm. so we have to kind of uh, not just keep meditation as a practice ki aankhe band kar lo aur you know thoughts aa rahe hain aane do ja rahe hain jaane do and just stay and then come out of that and now imagine that same peace and everything you are bringing on into the world mm-hmm. you know it <laughs> it's a huge it's a huge practice yeah i mean is it the same practice that you do yourself in the morning or evening so as i see my life today i am more in awareness i i more but i still enjoy the process of you know just closing my eyes and sitting erect and you know observing my breath because i enjoy it so it's uh, i do it because i enjoy it i don't do it that you know oh this is going to give me this benefit or that benefit or this may happen those are all uh, i would say the side effects of love you know <laughs> but i enjoy i sit in it and it's just like a you know kind of self love for me yeah. because i'm doing something that i enjoy but uh, if i had to do it like you know ye karna bahut acha hai sehat ke liye or you know i must be doing it or everybody is doing it so let me try it or i have this disease that disease and people say if i meditate then i will stop taking meditation medication so you know if i have those kind of motives then i i really don't know how can anything works Mm-hmm. it's is more for my uh, total understanding today is that uh, every path is not for everyone and if you really enjoy it it will bring you all the benefits it could be anything that you enjoy doing and you do it with full mindfulness full awareness full consciousness so so there are as many paths as there are people and uh, more and more that uniqueness of a human body or a human uh, psyche that's what fascinates me today yeah i think uh, that is also like you know uh, important to understand your uh, 
own thoughts on what you are doing on and what you are working on uh, so you know uh, how can like one start the journey of meditation maybe you would like to share a very basic you know very simple technique though we have talked about that earlier as well uh, for beginners or those who are thinking for so long to meditate but you know are procrastinating because you know whenever they uh, go and uh, tap try tapping into some researches and all they find is you know a lot of complex uh, complexities on it and uh, things like that um, so can you share that yeah so like i have written in my book you know uh, there are few basic questions you know uh, first is how to meditate so in how to meditate the first thing is the posture can i meditate when i'm standing can i meditate when i'm sitting can i meditate when i'm lying down it is a the simplest way i would say is sitting because if you lie down maybe you'll fall asleep if you're standing maybe you'll fall down so you just sit i mean because that is the most stable posture so you just sit and you sit at a time when you have the time so it is not like whether i should meditate in the morning or i should meditate in the afternoon you customize it for yourself when is it that you have some time which you can spare for just sitting quiet so you choose that time for yourself you sit in a comfortable position so some people can sit alti palti marke the traditional position or you know they can sit in padmasana or but if you cannot you can just sit on a chair and put your feet down so the comfort comes first mm-hmm. your comfort that right now i have this spare time i can use it for meditation your comfort of sitting in a position where you will not have to shift too much that this is a comfortable position for me what is most important is that your spine must be straight mm-hmm. because a straight spine then the chakras are in alignment though i do not like to confuse people too much with this talk of chakras and you know but just to say that okay just straighten your back you know your spine so just that posture itself we are sitting comfortably with a straight spine then people say okay what to do i with my hands you know where do i keep my hands so again like you can say okay this mudra that mudra but i will say just keep it comfortably in your lap you know just entwine your hands that's like the simplest way of sitting and your spine is straight which is the most important part for me and then just pay attention to your breath and breath is something you have with you wherever you go breath is prana and just breath is coming breath is leaving breath is coming breath is leaving and i would say like put your attention on the tip of your nose like a chokidar and chokidar is you know any person comes in chokidar notices any person goes out chokidar notices mm. So you just put your awareness there on the tip of your nose, like a chokidar, and just the breath aariye, breath jaariye, breath aariye, breath jaariye, and very soon your thoughts will take your attention away. Mm-hmm. But moment you become aware that my thoughts have taken the attention away, you bring your attention back to your breath, and you do it for you know as long as you can. But it is best that you decide beforehand. that okay i'll meditate for 5 minutes or i'll meditate for 10 minutes this much time i have mm-hmm. or 15 minutes and then you 
stay with that uh, you know commitment to yourself yeah i mean uh, at the beginning it uh, might not be you know it it might seems very hard to uh, do do it for even 10 minutes because 2 minutes even of uh, doing it for the first time is a long time to doing nothing you know at, at the beginning it's a uh, 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 it's hard to understand that what am what am i doing like you know i'm just sitting here and uh, looking at my breath but uh, i know Uh, so it's uh, about like you know one can start small just sitting down there and so if we just tell people that it is about you know for initially or developing your concentration instead of telling them initially itself oh you have to become thoughtless <laughs> yeah. so we go step by step that we are just developing our concentration our awareness and let's just stay with that mm-hmm. so people understand that it's not like they don't it's like initially only if your goal is you know to become thoughtless in 2 minutes then that is like impossible kind of a goal so if we you know have like small steps uh, you know ki bas chalte rehna hai rukna nahi hai ek ek kadam and anything we learn new anything it can be you know, if i even if i learn to play guitar yeah. your fingers are going to pain and you know you're not going to produce music on very first day the same thing is with meditation it's like something a new thing that you are learning and give it time give yourself time you know you anything that you're learning new takes take some doing some time so you just go step by step that right now i'm only developing my concentration or my awareness my mindfulness i mean there's so many words we use and these words have become very everyday words now people understand these words because uh, things are changing on planet earth so the consciousness is different today so it's not like people don't understand these words anymore it's only that because they somehow feel ki i have to become thoughtless yeah what else should we know about meditation anything else from your book uh so again uh, you know the meditation or any practice which takes you deeper inside you is going to stir you up inside first so even though my aim may be peace and joy and clarity but that is not i'm which i'm going to get first so in the beautiful way in the hindu scriptures how they said when samundra manthan begins and the manthan is exactly what meditation is doing and the merudand the spine that i said must be straight so if you know the story of the samudra manthan the kshir sagar manthan with asuras on one side and devas on one side and in between that merudand you know the meru parvat that is the spine and both sides will churn it all your tendencies habits good and bad both and each one of us has both will kind of churn you from inside and when the churning happened and the wish appeared first then the amrit right that is what shiva had taken in and held in his throat so whole kind of things you know which we call the dark night of the soul or so called negative tendencies they will come up they have mm-hmm. to come up so even in my own life my husband would say that you were a better person before you started meditating yeah and uh, today i have come you know like say full circle but then when i was going through the processes because i won't uh, 
I, I, you know, before meditation, I was a calm person, but after meditation, somehow anger would well up. And until I totally, uh, you know, understood that I need to accept it and it has some purpose in my life, it kind of unnerves you. Oh my God, I'm meditation so meditation. And others also start, you know, saying, ki, what's the use of your meditation? Hmm. You're getting angry. Because everybody wants you to become Buddha in one day. <laughs> but the fact is that even Buddha had to, you know, hand, you know, uh, I forget the name, some uh, Mara or, you know, some demon that he had to deal with. That was hmm. an internal demon. So it's like your own, those uh, thoughts uh, which you do not want to accept that side of you, the negativity, the wish, it will come up first to be seen as it is. Because uh, today for me, meditation is about uh, self-love and which is about acceptance of the whole of you. Because only when I accept the whole of me, can I accept the whole of what is happening around me. And then only I can be at peace. Yep. And does peace come when I'm at peace with whatever is happening? But I have to accept it first to be at peace with it. It is not something which will just come, you know, that okay, I'm meditating now one hour a day and now I'm peaceful. It, it doesn't happen like that. It's a process. Guys, I'm enjoying this conversation with Chitraja. I hope you are as well. Now, it's time for the enlightening round. But before that, here's a small request for you. If you love listening to this podcast, make sure you subscribe to our newsletters by visiting theinspiringtalk.com. Once you are subscribed, I will send you weekly updates and gist of awesome insights from our guest. And you can find link for all the resources mentioned in this episode, such as books, website, programs, or people on the show note of this episode by visiting theinspiringtalk.com forward slash 08. That is theinspiringtalk.com forward slash 08. Don't forget to leave a comment there on what you think about this episode. So, madam, are you excited about Enlightening Round? Oh, well, I am. What inspires you to do everything that you do? Uh, what inspires me today is, you know, just the very question, what more is there in me? Because I believe that every human being is guna ki khan hai. So, one guna gets expressed, but I, I still want to know what more is there in me. So, hmm. uh, I, I call it a balancing act. On one hand, I'm satisfied with where I am, what I'm doing. I'm comfortable doing that. I accept that, you know, this is where I am. And on the other hand, I'm curious what more is inside me, what more is waiting to be expressed through me. And when I am in that space, something or the other comes up and I say yes to it. And, uh, you know, I, I feel that the bouquet of talent that every human is carrying and I get to express that. And that motivates me a lot because it keeps me excited for every new day. What is the new day going to bring? Like it brought you into my life. So I, I get excited about these things and I say yes immediately. And I say like, okay, let's do it the soonest. So let's do it. Yeah. Yes. So, so that motivates me. Which one daily habit do you believe has been game changer for you in your success journey? Uh, 
to I say a daily habit. Uh, I'm a flow person, but one habit is to follow your heart. Whether it was marrying the man of my choice, or whether it is uh, pursuing the profession that I want, or leaving something also, you know, saying no to it, or quitting a place which doesn't energize me. So that one habit where I say, like you know, uh, that uh, I have a goal. whatever that goal be like my goal is to see what else is in me and whatever i am doing i have to ask myself this question is it is this taking me towards my goal or is this taking me away from my goal so if it is taking me towards my goal i will give my 200% to that but if it is taking me away from my goal i have to say no to that so this daily kind of understanding that i will only do those tasks that will take me towards my goal and i will do them well to my best of my capacity and then surrendering it ki maine apna kaam pura kar liya hai now let it be whatever whichever way it expresses so so it's kind of in every moment finding that clarity um which one book or maybe a couple of books according to you is must read for everyone seeking to improve their life again i don't have this template that uh, i i believe that everybody is led to the right books according to what you need in that time in my own life uh, a book by uh, linda goodman called the star science which came in 2000 uh, exactly the time when reiki came into my life it just changed my whole perspective about uh, the physical world what is seen and what is not seen and it just opened a new paradigm for me it was like a shift so i believe every person will have a book like that which will come into their life and it need not be a book it can be a person it can be a holding with some ad written on that it is anything which brings a shift in your life and and it's very subjective it's only that person would know but uh, if you have to ask me that okay what is the one book that i would recommend so i would recommend my book achieve your highest potential be the best you can be if you were to start this success journey all over again but uh, you have learned over past to accept yourself or accept everything that has happened to you uh, uh, the gift to you but still you know if there are few things or maybe three things that you think that you could have done differently then what are those th- three things would be <laughs> uh you know today i so 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 believe that you know that we come into this life with a blueprint and that blueprint uh, we keep refining and defining as we move through the life and that can only happen when you are aware of it so with that understanding i i won't want to change anything that happened because everything that has happened to me is only led me to the path and given me more insights into my own self and the way i think uh, life functions yeah that's uh, very powerful and you are second guest on my show who said me that you know i don't want to change anything everything that has happened to me uh, was you know teaching me something and made me who i am today and if you know certain circumstances would not uh, or have not happened to you maybe you would not be in this place so uh, that is again yeah, that is again very powerful so here's the last question for you 
let us suppose there is this mega event where billions of people from all over the world are present and you got an opportunity to address them for one minute with one message that you consider is the biggest lesson that you have learned in this journey of yours, what would that message be? So my message would be that uh, each one of us is unique. You are unique. Accept your uniqueness. What you think are your faults are maybe aspects of your uniqueness. Each one of us are unique. I think uh, that's it takes a it takes time for people to understand that, you know, to understand the uniqueness in each of us. But once we understand that, that's very powerful tool and that makes us who we are. I'm glad that you took time to inspire my audience. Before I say goodbye, can you please share how can people connect and learn more from you? Or what's the best way that they can reach out to you? So I call myself a citizen of Facebook. <laughs> people ask you what's your address and I say I live on Facebook mm-hmm. and I so love that space because it is such an interactive space I get to interact with all kinds of people I share my thoughts every day in fact my life is out there on Facebook I say I put my life online on the line also on the line of firing a lot of people fired me also yeah. but uh, that that's the space uh, for people to connect with me my Facebook Guys, she is very active on Facebook and if you uh, want to learn more from her and if you want to connect with her, understand few more things about on the on her journey, the spiritual path that she is on, make sure that you connect with her. Uh, thank you very much for being on the show. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really appreciate it. And if you enjoyed listening to this, make sure to share this with your friends by visiting theinspiringtalk.com forward slash 08. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this show on your favorite podcast app so that you won't miss interviews with successful and inspiring icons every week. Guys, post the screenshot of this episode to your Instagram story and make sure to tag me at the red BJ speaks. I'm super active on Instagram and I would love to know that you are listening to my podcast. And to finish this, guys, don't freak out if things are not going your way. Take a moment to stop and take a deep breath. We all need to slow down for a while to perform at our A-level game. Thank you for listening. I'll catch you in the next. And now, go out there and do something inspiring.